good music. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? And I'm your host, Kay Edwards, coming to you live from 100 Bogart Street in Brooklyn, New York. I just want to welcome everyone to the show. I hope everyone is feeling fine. I'm a little bit under the weather today. So if I seem a little more subdued than normally, that's the reason. But I've been fighting it, um, not letting it get the best of me. But this morning, I will admit, I could have really turned over in that bed this morning. But, of course, I knew I had to come out here and be with all of you good people. So that's why I'm here. So let's get our housekeeping out of the way. We know that Radio Free Brooklyn is doing a Drive to Five fundraising campaign. And from now until May, we're trying to raise $25,000 so we can bring you commercial-free, independent radio 
for another five years. And because we think that raising money should be fun, we're having trivia games and we're giving out great prizes. So go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, click on the donate button, click on the trivia game button and find out what it's all about. If you want to call us and just wish us a happy birthday or just tell us how much you love listening to the show, dial us at 718-673-8201. But if you want to chat with me this morning, my number is 718-928-9732. So let's get right to it. Today's show, because there's a lot of things that have been going on in the news as of late, and not that it's anything crazy. It's just the usual. But I'm like, why is this the usual? And that's what struck me because we've become so accustomed to this happening on a regular. It's almost become like hearing that, oh, it's cloudy, it's going to rain. And this shouldn't be happening. So I want to start off the show with, I want to read a passage. First John 4.10. And everything I read today is going to be from the Message Bible. God is love. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love that we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. So now today's today's topic, my question to you is, how is your love life? And the reason why I'm coming this way with it is because we know Valentine's Day just passed. And that's supposed to be the love day, couples, husbands and wives, girlfriends and boyfriends, girlfriends and girlfriends, boyfriends and boyfriends, however you do it. It was supposed to be the love day. But I want to look at it, I want to attack, I want to look at love from a different perspective. I want to look at the love that should be every day continuously towards one another. And that's why today's topic is, how is your love life? Now, I have a conversation with my sister, and we always get into this. Whenever we, we're just talking, and then one thing will lead to the next, and one thing will lead to the next. But when I have a conversation with her, She always says to me that people are always playing church. You know, they go to church every Sunday. They just sit in the pew. They're looking at their watch because they're wondering when is the pastor or minister or priest going to stop talking so they can get up and do whatever it is that they have planned for the rest of their day. So when she sees people, she knows a couple of people that when she talks to them, they're always talking about, oh, the pastor was, he went on so long this Sunday and just complaining about whatever was going on in church, but yet they're there every Sunday. So to her, she's always like, I don't, I don't understand why people just go and play church. But what I was explaining to her was, it's not that they play church. 
is that they are serving God to the capacity that they understand. And that's what brought me back to this topic as well. Because if you really know what the meaning of love is, and you truly understand that God is love, then you would start to grow within the church body because it would just be a natural progression. It would be something that you would do because your heart is there. But when your heart is not there, of course, anything that the pastor is going to be talking about, it's going to take forever if you're looking to get out in 45 minutes and he's extending the the message to maybe an hour and a half then of course, like you're like annoyed because you already had the rest of your day planned. But when the pastor is speaking or the minister or the priest or whomever it is that you're listening to, if they're anointed of God and God has a message to get out to his people, if you're connected with that spirit of love, you're going to be connected with that message that he's giving out because it's going to be spirit talking to spirit. But when it's not, when your spirit is not in tune to what's being said and the message that God is putting out to his people, of course it's going to seem like you're you're sitting there for a longer period of time than you should be because you're not, you're not connecting with what the message is that's being put out there. So that's what my question is to all of us. Is our heart, are our hearts grounded in love? And everything that we do, If there's love in your heart, it's going to come from a good place. So now, this is actually the foundation of being a Christian, that God is love, and that we must love one another with the agape love of the Lord. Agape is the Greek word terming, referring to love as the highest form of love, charity, and the the love of God for man and man for God. So when we react to others, we are either responding in love or we're responding in disdain. You know, I mean, when you think about it, the only way that you can actually, you can actually give yourself a litmus test to see is when someone says something or when you hear something, what's your first reaction? What's your first gut reaction to whatever is being said and from whom it's coming from? That's a way for you to know if everything and your response as well. Is your response grounded in love or is it just grounded in whatever is in your heart at the moment? And now this brings me to a topic because this is what this when I heard this on the news, this is what really got me to thinking about this whole subject that we're talking about right now today. And this happened back in, this happened in Michigan. I guess it was like two weeks ago. I think I saw it on the news that they were having a PTA meeting in Michigan because, you know, the kids have this Snapchat that they do. And I think it's where you can make like a 10 second or 15 second um, video of some sort and you send it to all your friends, but after the 15 seconds, it just disappears. But it's a quick, it's like a quick message video that you can send to your friends or whatever, and everybody gets the message all at one time. So supposedly, there was a Snapchat message that was made by some children in a school in Michigan, and it was saying a lot of racist and derogatory things about other kids in the school. 
So when it got around, of course, if you're sending out, kids will be kids. And I'm not, no, I don't say that to say kids will be kids and they can, they were right to do what they did. When I, the part, when I mean, when I say kids will be kids, if you're sending out a message and you only want it to go to your 15 friends, do you think your 15 friends is just going to keep that message amongst themselves? No, they're going to be hanging out with someone else who you didn't send the video to, who is going to be looking over their shoulder and they're going to be like, oh, wow, look what so-and-so just sent me. So, of course, when they did this little Snapchat, they thought they were just sending it to their friends who all had the same mindset as them to talk about these other children in the school with their racist and derogatory remarks. But yet it got out because other children found out about this Snapchat. So lo and behold, it gets out that this chat was out. And now it's of course, it's a problem. Because they actually were naming certain kids in the video. So now these children that are named in the video, of course, they're going to feel away because it's like, oh, they said that about me. They're calling me these names. So what are they going to do? They're going to go home and they're going to tell their parents, as any child should do. Someone's bullying you or someone is saying derogatory things about you and to you, you should carry that home to your parents. And this is exactly what these children that were named on the video did. This brought about a PTA meeting. And I have to give you the whole background of the story so that you could get a total understanding when I tell you what happened. So they called this meeting. The school got the parents together and they, they got together to have this meeting to discuss how racism is going on in the school and it should be stopped. So now at this PTA meeting of all the parents of the students in the school that came for the meeting, a man stands up. And he starts to discuss what happened to his child because his child was named on a video and how it made his child feel when he found out what was being circulated around the school about him. In the middle of this parent's talk, as he's standing up with the microphone, he has the floor in the middle of him explaining how it's affecting his child, how it's um, now hurting his grades and he doesn't want to come to school. Another parent has an outburst and interrupts the conversation and says, then why didn't you stay in Mexico? Now, all this is being videotaped. So the man that's standing up speaking with the mic, he's talking. Another man bursts out, then why didn't you stay in Mexico? And you see the whole room gasp and turn around and look at the parent that blurted out that remark. So when, um, so when he did this, the guy's like, you know, what do you know? What are you saying? He's like, well, if you don't like what was going on here and you don't like the fact that they were talking about your son, you should have stayed in Mexico. And um, what else did he say? He said to him, uh, children have a right to, First Amendment, they can say whatever they want. It was on their own personal video chats and they were having a conversation. He's actually was condoning what the children had done rather than being there as a parent and just listening to see how to defuse this whole issue. 
And another parent stood up in defense of the, the man that was standing there talking about his son and was saying, you know, it's not just his son that was affected by this. It's my son as well, which was an African-American man. He now stands up and he's telling this man, you know, it's not just his son. It's it's all of our kids that are being affected by this. It's something that we need to stop now because the children shouldn't be doing this to one another in school. The man's response to that was he's experienced racism all the time. Every time he walks through a black neighborhood, he's experiencing racism. So, in other words, get over it. Because if I can deal with it, you can deal with it. But I say all that to say, if we came from a place of love, which we know some of us don't, all this would not have escalated to the point where it escalated. And, and that's what my whole talk is about today. If, it, if the love was in their hearts, all this, he would have never burst out, go back to Mexico. They wouldn't have had to have this back and forth, back and forth, which now you understand why the children are doing it. Because if the parents are there and the parents are doing it, then of course the children are going to do it because you know what they're hearing in their household. But ironically... When the um, reporters actually spoke to the son, because he, the man who burst out, go back to Mexico, when they spoke to his son and was asking him about the remark that his father made, the son actually said he was embarrassed because his father speaks like that all the time in the house, but they don't believe in what the father says, but the son was actually on TV saying this to the reporter that he was actually embarrassed that his father yelled that out at the, at the meeting because now it's going to be like a reflection on them that that's what the whole family, that's what the whole family feels. And the son was saying, that's not what the whole family feels that his mother doesn't talk like that. The rest of his siblings don't talk like that. It's just the father that talks like that. But that kind of bothered me that the guy would even yell it out. And I guess it shouldn't have bothered me because in today's world, everybody's yelling out whatever they want to because they feel they have a right to because of what's going on in our country today with everything. But even if you feel that, there was a time and place where people would feel it and not say it. First, there was a time and place where people would say whatever they wanted to and did whatever they wanted to. Then it became a time and place where people would think it but not say it because they knew it was wrong. And it, I think at some points it was almost maybe convicting them because if they really kept their mouth shut, then it made them some, it gave them something to think about as well. But now we're getting back to the point where people feel it and they say it and they don't care. And to them it doesn't matter because that's the way they feel and they feel that they should let you know and that's all there is to it. But. What I want to say with that, not in defense of the father, because I'm not in defense of the father, but I just want to show the two sides. I'm sure in every one of us, we believe that our hearts are grounded in love, but I'm sure there have been times where someone has said something to us that has ticked us the wrong way, and we've thought certain things in our mind. And it's just, it's human nature. 
I mean, it's not to say that you're a bad person, because if you can check it before it comes out your mouth, then you have a way of turning that around. But I'm sure that all of us have had an instance where something has happened and you've thought certain thoughts in your mind. And I could even say, just on my own personal note, it has happened to me because you base everything, you base your thoughts and your reactions and your feelings on past experiences. So if you've had a negative experience with a particular group and it was a bad experience, not just one negative experience, somebody bump you on a train, that's not a negative experience. A bump on a train from someone from another group is not a bad experience. That's just human beings living New York City life in the MTA. That's that. I'm talking about something that actually changed your life and made you see things differently. Now, I've experienced something like that in my life from when I was younger. So it gave me a different perspective of how I move with people. Now, I won't disrespect you straight out. And I try to come from a place of love with everyone when I begin But there are some things that some people might say or do that makes me look at them sideways. And I've noticed that in order for you to give total love, and that's what we all try to do because that's in our progressive movement towards being better people, you have to trust that individual. If there's no trust, then there can be no love. So, yes, we want our hearts to be grounded in love, and yes, we all come from a place of love, but we also have to feel like we can trust that individual in order to expose ourselves to show that love towards them. And when I say show that love, I'm not saying that, oh, you want to take care of them or just to be kind, it doesn't take much. I don't have to trust you to be kind to you. Like if I hold the door, I can hold the door for you whether I trust you or not. The factor of trust doesn't even come into my mind. If I'm holding the door for you, I'm holding the door for you. That's coming from a place of love. Just courtesy. I have to care about someone to show them that. When I talk about the place of trust, meaning when you start forming relationships with these people, you can always come from a place of love when you're being courteous and respectful, but when you start to build these relationships, if you don't really trust them, you're only going to be able to go but so far with them because that trust factor is still looming there in the air. So my question, and I'm sure a lot of you are probably dealing with it, but when you think about that, how do you actually handle when you don't really trust someone but you want to show them love and still be respectful of them. And I'm not saying surface because everyone can show surface love. We all can show surface love. And I'm sure even the biggest racist can show surface love because that's just what you're putting out there for the moment. I'm talking about when you really get into it and you really have to have these one-on-one connections. And that's when you can really tell when it's real and when it's not. Because when you start having these conversations with people, 
That's when you know. But I want to say something. Racism is not new. Racism is not new to today. It's not due to when they had slavery. It's not new to any of them of that. Racism took place back in the time when Jesus walked the earth. Because the Jews and the Samarians, they did not like each other. They did not like each other at all. And it's evident here in the scriptures. If you read Luke 9, 54, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and he sent his disciples ahead to secure a place for him to rest because he had obviously been given a, a speak, a speech in, in one part of the, the city. And then he was on his way to Jerusalem to do another one. When they sent the messengers ahead and they came to the Samaritan village to arrange for his hospitality, when they learned that they were on their way to Jerusalem, that's how they knew that they were Jews. They refused them. They were like, no, you can't stay here. You're not staying here tonight. So when the disciples came back, it was James and John, when they learned of it, they actually went to Jesus and asked him, Master, do you want us to call a bolt of lightning down out of the sky and incinerate them? Now, if that's not hatred, I don't know what is. Just because they said that Jesus couldn't lay his head down in their city, in their town, James and John was like, well, we're going to burn the whole town down. You're not going to give place for Jesus to sleep. Well, then you know what? We're going to wipe all you out. And of course, Jesus's response was like, of course not. We'll just go someplace else. But just to show you, back then, the hatred between Jews and Samaritans, it existed. When Jesus was at the well with the woman and he asked her to draw water and she looked at him sideways like, what are you a Jew doing talking to me? We don't speak to one another. You know, what are you asking me to give you water for? It was a it was a known fact. They didn't like each other. They did not deal with each other. They did not talk to, you, to each other. They did not interact with each other. But here we go again, where although it exists, it doesn't mean it has to stay that way. Because we also have in the book of Luke, chapter 10, that's where the story of the Good Samaritan comes from. Now, the Good Samaritan, he was a Samaritan. That's where he got the name Good Samaritan. He was walking along the road and found a Jew who had been robbed of his clothes and beaten to almost to the point of death. Now, before he came along this Jew lying on the side of the road, a Levite priest had passed him by and another person had passed him by. They looked at him. They saw he was bloody and bludgeoned, and they kept on walking. Their own kings, you know, their own type of men. They're, they're all from the same clan. They're all Jews. They, they walked right by him. But the Samaritan saw him on the road, saw that he was beaten, lift him up. He got off his donkey, lifted the guy up, put him on the donkey, and then took him to a lodge and paid the wages for the guy to nurse the Jewish guy back to health and paid for all the lodging and food and everything else that he would need. So the story of the Good Samaritan, that goes to show you that, yes, although we don't like each other, and I say that because there are people who just don't like each other, and that's just what it is. Although we don't like each other, 
there still are some that are good and will do good by you. Not everyone falls into that same boat of, I don't want to be bothered with them because they are fill in the blank, whatever the blank is for you. So this whole racism, hate, not wanting to be bothered, you can change that in your heart if you choose to, but then it's all about choice once again. It's all about what you decide to do, whether you want to change it or not. But it's possible. We don't have to keep going back and forth with this, oh, well, look what you do and look what you did. And But actually, there are some things that take place in the news that it hurts my heart, that I wonder why are people acting the way they act. But that's another show because we know that they're acting on the impulses that are in their heart. And for the most part, this is just what I feel, for the most part, these people are acting out because they're lacking, once again, that love. They've never been shown that love towards them. So if they're not, if they're not capable of understanding how love can be shown towards them, then, of course, they don't know how to show it towards others. And like I always say, these adults, these 20-year-olds, because I'm noticing that the age that all these, these things are happening with people getting hit over the head and a group of boys are attacking this one, taking a cell phone or attacking that one and taking a pizza. It's like, really? But when you look at the age group that they're saying, when they give the description of the, the guys that are doing it, they're always in their 20s. So this leads me to believe, like I always say, you can't instill in a child as a teenager what you want them to be as an adult. You have to start from that foundation from when they're babies. So now if these 20-year-olds, the ones that are 20-year-olds now, was never showed that love and affection when they were one, two, three, four, when they got in school, the teacher never really paid them any attention because maybe they didn't catch on as quickly as the other kids. Maybe they were a little shy because at home they knew when they wanted to speak out, they were always told to hush up, wait a minute, sit down, watch TV, play with this phone, don't bother me right now, I'm busy. So if that's all the child knows and he doesn't know interaction with humans, people, you know, let me talk to you. We could laugh together. Oh, you said that. That's not nice. Why would you say that to me? That hurt my feelings. You don't say things like that to people. If they're not taught these things, how are they going to know it when they become an adult? How are they going to know? They're not. Yes, they may know, oh, that's not right to do. But in their mind, they're like, please, nobody, nobody did that for me. So why should I care about the next one? Nobody showed that to me. So why should I show it to the next one? We have to be so careful. And it always goes back to the babies. I always end up going back to the children. And it doesn't have to be just your children. If you interact with someone else's child, they might not be getting that at home. But if they see that from you, Even if they just see it from you, their mother might not be paying them any attention. And this brings another another thought to my mind. I was on my way walking to the bank about a week ago. I'm walking down the block and I happened to pass a store, a grocery store, where 
it was school time, so the kids were out of school. So the parents were picking their kids up, and I guess she must have stopped in the store to get whatever. I'm not even sure what she got. But she had three children with her. But when they came out the store, I don't know if the little one had asked for something and he wanted it and she didn't get it. But whatever it is, I was a block away from them and I could still hear her screaming at the top of her lungs to this little boy. Now, when I walked by, the oldest in the group maybe was eight. The other ones were like five. Maybe a little one was like four or something, three. But the way she was screaming at this little boy, I could not believe it. Like I said, I was a block away from them, and I could still hear her voice just shrieking through the airwaves of that block in Brooklyn. And I'm like, I, it, I wanted to turn around and go back there and say something to her just to let her know you can get your point across to this little boy without screaming at him in that manner. Because that screaming, he's not hearing it. He's tuning it out. And if this is the way that you speak to him all the time, he doesn't hear a thing you're saying right now. Not one thing. Because if you still have to keep screaming at him saying, didn't I tell you? That means the last 20 times when you told him, he ain't hear you. And he ain't not listening to you. And the next time you go in the store, you're going to be coming out saying the same thing. Because you're not talking to him. You're screaming at him. And I don't know what had her all in a tizzy, stressed out. I don't know if it was the three kids. I don't know what was going on in her day. But regardless of what's going on in your day, you still have to talk to children in a certain manner. And yes, I know they can work your last nerve because that's what children do. That's what they do. They will work your last nerve. And it's not a thing of working your last nerve because they don't personally think in their mind, oh, I'm just going to work this woman's nerves today. They don't wake up thinking that. All they think of is, I'm going to see how much I could get away with today. That's what they're thinking because that's in their growth process. That's how they learn what they can do and what they can't do. So in the process of them growing, yes, when they wake up, they're like, ooh, let me see what I can do. And it's not even something that they consciously think of sitting there plotting. Those that sit there and plot, they have an issue. Now, those are the ones you got to watch because there are some of those that will sit there and plot to do things. But even with them, you'll see that sign earlier that they'll just want to do things that's destructive. But I'm not talking about those that might have an issue. I'm talking about just regular children that just live life. They're just living life as kids and they're just going along doing whatever children do. You have to take the time, no matter how aggravated and stressed that you are, to just teach them to just show them what respect is, show them how to speak to people. Because if you're yelling in their face, they feel that that's the way that they can get their point across to the next person. So when they become adults, that's why they're yelling in their teacher's face when they're in high school, because that's the way you spoke to them all the time. So why would they think that's the way that you're supposed to communicate? So coming from a place of love in your heart, it extends to a multitude of things. And a lot of times we just have to sit back, take a deep breath when something happens before we respond. Because a lot of times we could respond just out of emotion. And I want to read to you also what in Corinthians, of course, everyone knows this. First Corinthians 13, the way of love. It says, 
If I speak with human eloquence, eloquence and angelic ecstasy, excuse me, my voice, but don't love, I'm nothing but a creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but don't love, I've got nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. So that lets you know, love is the foundation of everything, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, how you respond. But if you don't love, then it's telling you right here, it's nothing. Because we have to remember God is love. And if we're supposed to be as God is, then we should have the love as well. So to continue in Corinthians, it says, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Now, see, I'm sticking on that one. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have because we all know we want things that we don't have. That's just a given. People want things. But this is telling you that when you really love and when you're content and when you're grounded in the love of God, you're not going to want for things that you don't have because you're going to know if it's for you to have, it's going to come. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't force itself on others. It isn't me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of of the sins of others. Like when you do the tit, tick for tat. Well, you did it so I could do it. It doesn't revel with others. It doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. It puts up with anything that turned the other cheek. Trust God always. Love always looks for the best. It never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limits. But for now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward That consummation, trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly, and the best of all these three is love. So if we just take that passage, if we were to, if we wanted to start to root our hearts in love and to really get us grounded in how we should be feeling towards one another. Even if you're just, you're, you're, even if you know or you don't feel that 
well, I'm not that bad. I don't think bad things about people or I only think bad things about people when I get upset or if they say something to me that upsets me. That's not a good enough excuse. Because if we go by what Corinthians says, we shouldn't be doing that. So if we wanted to start to see how it is that we love or if we really have love in our heart, if we just took one of these a day, love gives up. Love never gives up, excuse me. Or love cares more for others than for self. That one, if we just dealt with that right there, that's having that's teaching you how to not be selfish. Hold on, we have a caller. Hey, this is this is your girl from Virginia. How are you today? Good morning. How are you? Um, well, it's so unfortunate to have heard uh, and to know that this is still what's going on. But I understand that we're in this dark place in this times now that, you know, if you weren't taught, you're not. Hello? Yes, I'm, I hear you. If you weren't taught, so it's not going to be in you, you're not going to be able to do or display love if you've never learned how to do it. Exactly. Now, I know that in First John 2, 9, and 9 through 11, it says, you know, we claim to be in the light, but hate our brother and sister. We're still in the darkness. Ephesians talk about, Ephesians 4 and 31 tells us, get rid of our bitterness, our rage, and our anger. And looking at Proverbs 10 and 12, hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all of our wrongs. And I'm a firm believer that from the time that we grew up, if you didn't have anything good to say, you didn't say anything. But unless someone um, who's taught right from wrong, you, you won't be able to display what you don't know. But I do believe that unless we humble ourselves, pray and seek God's face and turn from our ways, he can't intervene or won't intervene to heal the land, according to Second Chronicles 7 and 14. So although it's an everyday occurrence on the news and our experiences, it's a place where young people and even younger people, if they are never taught, because the Word always told us you teach your children from when they're young and they won't depart from it, but if they're never taught, then they will never know. So if our society doesn't teach, teach them, parents, they don't learn from home, they don't learn at school, it's going to be an unfortunate time if we don't pray, humble ourselves, and seek God's face. It's only going to be a worse time for us. So I wanted to share that with you and just to just say that it is an everyday, all-day occurrence. And if they're starting it in middle school and, you know, when you think about bullying, it's, kids, kids don't realize they're being bullied at home. So in our Christian walk, we need to the, the only solution, in my in my opinion, is to just, when you see it, pray. Because once we interact with God and He has the authority to come and see about our situation. So thank you so much for that. Well, thank you for calling. And I like the input that you put there. And you're absolutely right. We have to, as Christians, we, that's our mandate too, to continually pray that people get this message. We have to make sure that we're putting it out there and not just praying for what we want for ourselves. Because exactly. a lot of times when we're praying, we're always asking for what we can get for ourselves. And I want to also say with that, when we pray for things that we want for ourselves and sometimes it doesn't come to us, we need to check our heart for if it's about love when we're even praying for it. 
Exactly. What part exactly. of, you know, where are we, what space are we coming from when we're asking him for whatever we're asking him for? So it, it goes, it goes all over. And I'm, I'm so thankful that you called me this morning. Thank you for sharing that. And I always appreciate you. Oh, you're very you. welcome. <laughs> you're very welcome. <laughs> be well and be made whole. Have a great week here. Yeah? Thank you. You too. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes, that was my Virginia lady always calling to share what's on her heart, which I appreciate always. But yeah, a lot. When, when we pray, and yes, we have to pray for all things and we should be praying for all people at all times. But a lot of it, if you know you've been praying and seeking God and looking and looking and waiting and waiting and waiting, check your heart. Look and see from what place that you're actually praying for whatever it is you're praying for. Because he also, he's going to bless you. He wants to bless you. Your blessings have already been set up from you from the time you were born. All your blessings are just sitting there. It's just waiting for you to walk into them. But if you're not seeking it from the right perspective, you're never going to get to the place where all these blessings that he has stored up for you you can receive because it's not about self. Nothing in the kingdom is about self. Everything in the kingdom is about helping others and being a better self. Yes, but a better self to be able to be a blessing to others. And I think that's why when I, and I know I probably told this story, I think back when I was talking to Tanisha, I had her as a guest on the show when I had asked her, what was her signature scripture? If you had one and I know mine when I decided to really come back and say, okay, I'm going to do this, my signature scripture was always Matthew 6.33. And that was, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So no matter what question I had pertaining to anything that he might have had for me in my life, I had to seek the, I had to seek the kingdom and his righteousness first. So once my heart was grounded in that direction, then he can show me everything else he had for me. It wasn't until then that he's going to expose anything to you. Yes, you know what he's told you, what he has for you. But until your heart is right and until he feels your heart is right, not when you feel your heart is right, because we never know when our heart is right. According to us, our heart is always right. Because that's just the way we are. We're human. So our heart is always right. Word can do no wrong. Anything we think is fine, they'll get over it. They're just whining and complaining as usual. That's what we say, to brush off having to change ourselves and the way we interact with others. So when we think about that and we think about the children, and yes, we pray for the children, but like I was going to say, if we know, if we see a child, and they, we don't know what they're getting in their home, like the caller said. They, don't, they recognize bullying in school, and some kids don't, because if that's the way they're treating in their house, that's the way they feel they should be treated all the time. If your parents are calling you names, and then your friends call you names, you think that you're supposed to be called names. Because there's no one there showing you that, no, that's not right. That shouldn't happen to you. So whenever you get the opportunity where you can show a young person the right way, Although it may not be happening happening in their household all the time, you'd be surprised. 
that one little interaction with you lets them see a glimmer of light. That You know what? Maybe it doesn't have to be like this all the time. Because I remember that lady smiled at me and said, I was so cute and God bless me. Whatever it is might, that you might say to that child to just lift their spirit for the moment. And they will remember. You know when somebody says something to you, it, you may not even remember who it was that said it or the exact incident of why they said it. But when you need it, it comes back to you. And sometimes you're like, wow, I remember somebody said that to me. One, and you can't place your finger on who and where and why, but you know it comes back to you. That's the same thing that happens when you speak into little children's lives. When you tell them things that make them think that they're special. Now, I'm not saying prop their head up to make them think that they're better than everyone else. No. But you do have to build up their their um, their um their, their character to make them feel like they can do things that they're capable of, that they're not what everyone might be calling them or what they might even think about themselves. Because they might be in a comparison, like they'll be in a classroom and this boy may be stronger than the other one. He could run faster in gym than I can. So that makes me, I'm not a good, you know, I I don't know how to do that. I could never, no, you can. It's just that maybe running is not your forte. He might turn out to be an athletic runner. That's what's in it for him. You can run, your legs still take you where they need to go, but maybe that's not what your talent is. And all of us don't have to be the same. But when we're younger, they keep us all in the same plane. And, oh, you came in first, you came in second. And and it makes the ones that came in third or didn't even place feel like, well, then why do I even bother? Well, that's not what your talent is. Yes, you participated and everyone should be, yay, you know, we're happy. Everyone participated. Yes, he came out to be the best because maybe this is what his skills are. Your skills could be something with computer. has nothing to do with running on a track has nothing to do with running around in a gym. Your skills is sitting down and you use your brain. You can be a rocket scientist, but that don't mean that you can run a, a marathon in three minutes. Everyone has their own skill set. And we have to keep, we have to stop placing everyone in a box to make them feel like if you're not doing this at this age, then you're not up to par. And we've seen that over the years, what that, have, what had, what that has brought about. And that's why I'm sure you have so many children acting out now because they want to be who they are and they're not allowed to. Now, I'm not saying, of course, you have to have some sort of format in school. Yes, you do. You have to have some sort of structure. Everything has to have structure. But you also have to have a place where they can explore what's best for them. And even with that, it still just goes back to how you speak to them what you talk to them about, and in the home. If you're stressed and you have kids that are plucking your last nerve, you need to just sit down and take a deep breath. As long as they're not setting the house on fire, sit there, group, get yourself back together. Take five minutes to just take a deep breath and then go on and deal with what's happening. Because if you just keep dealing with things as it's escalating, 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 it's just making your pressure rise higher. It's making it harder for them because now you're screaming, they're crying, no one's hearing anybody, and nothing gets resolved. So everyone just sit down, take a deep breath. Or like I said, as long as they're not setting the house on fire or killing each other, 
Let them yell and scream and jump up and down. And you just sit there and take a deep breath. Sometimes you just have to take a deep breath. And then when you get yourself together, then you can now go and handle the chaos that they're building amongst each other. It's just something to think about. So it looks like my time is winding down. I'm glad we had this conversation. How is your love life? Something you need to take into assessment with your whole five-year plan. It's also part of our progressing about progression of becoming that better person. And um, just, yeah, just see, just check according to what Corinthians had. Check and see if even you could check one off the list to see, okay, am I, am I good with this? Am I really here with this? You know, does, am I in the right spot when it came to when he said, Let me read you one again. Am I here with, because there's a list of them. Love doesn't have a swelled head. If you just dealt with that sometimes. There's some people just walking around thinking that they're, they're God's gift to everyone. But if they really were God's gift to everyone, then you would treat everyone in that regard and not look at it like everyone should be serving you. If you felt you were God's gift to everyone, you would be serving others not looking for others to serve you. So even with that, and love doesn't force itself on others, it isn't always me first. Those are a lot of, just those three things that I just named right there. I'm sure it would take some of us more than a week, more than a day to work on it. If that's the way we've been living our life all the way up until now. So let 1 Corinthians 13, be your test to let you know how love is in your heart. And like I said, everything I read today, I read from the Message Bible. So in case you want to go back and look it up, you can look it up and read it for yourself. But I want everyone to have a blessed week. I want everyone to stay healthy. I'm going to try to get myself healthier again Work on this cold that's trying to take me down. Everyone stay healthy. I want everyone to stay safe. I want everyone to have a a productive week. I hope everyone's doing good with their uh, gratitude jar and their vision boards. Those of us who have made vision boards and their journals, those who are tracking everything that they're doing. I think I'm going to do a vision board. I usually always write everything down, but I think this time I want to actually... Do a board, cut out pictures and paste them on the, you know, to see what it is that I, to see if I can find pictures of what I have in my mind for myself. Because I know I could put it into words. And usually if you're a speaker, you could put it into words because that's how you communicate. But I want to see if I can make a board for myself and see how that works. But I'll think about it. With all the other things that I have to do, I will think about it and see if that's something I want to do. So now I want to leave you with the song. Of course, have a blessed week. Be safe, be kind, be loving to one another, and enjoy the rest of your day.